0: All right, got 18 minutes now with Robert Spencer, author of the new bestseller, The History of Jihad. And Robert, I want to go back and ask you that question again about uh, Baghdadi, because uh, if I got you right, you were saying it's a big, it's a blow to ISIS, of course. It's their, their spiritual and charismatic leader is gone now. But we're talking ideology in, uh, in in jihad, and there's a whole lot of other people who like to take his place. Am I right?
1: Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that, Dave. Can you hear me better now? I hear
0: you perfectly now. This is fantastic. fantastic. Good. Great. Okay. The deal is this. It's an ideologically driven movement, not one based around
1: a charismatic personality. And so it's certainly going to go on. As a matter of fact, they've already chosen another caliph, Abdullah Kardash. And so the Islamic State will continue to try to mount terror attacks in the West. They also have some territory in the Philippines and elsewhere. And uh, unfortunately, we cannot say this heralds the death of the movement.
0: You know, there's a lot of people uh, on the left got upset uh, that uh, Trump said that uh, getting, of course, uh, bin Laden was important, but this was even bigger because this is a guy whose organization had carried out attacks in France, that killed people in uh, soccer stadiums, went out after journalists, and has done all. I mean, look—they burned people alive. They—they they were drowning people in cages. They were cutting people's heads off. I mean, and and as you said, they had a caliphate that was as big as Great Britain at one time. I would say that's a pretty influential. Uh, you know, win for us?
1: Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, this is probably even bigger than al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. I mean, of course, Osama bin Laden pulled off the biggest terror attack of all time on 9-11. Right. But the Islamic State also did a great deal that al-Qaeda has never managed to do. Al-Qaeda has wanted to emasculate and become a state, and uh, ISIS did that, at least for a few years. And uh, they have sustained Stained a level of terror against the West that Al Qaeda has not been able to do. So yes, this is huge, and it's astonishing the extent of the hatred for Trump on the left that they're actually defending this man, saying that Trump was too hard on him when he said he was whimpering and crying, uh, that he should have been treated him should have treated him with respect. I would just suggest think about this day when Donald Trump dies. Do you think that they're gonna, the same people who are saying that? al-Baghdadi should have been treated with respect are going to be saying that about Donald Trump, not on your wife.
0: No, they will be dancing in the street when Donald Trump dies. That's right. That's, That's exactly right. It's what they do. I mean, uh, nine 11 over in the middle East, they were celebrating over there, man. It was their 4th of July almost. So uh, let's yeah, talk no a, about it. Let's let's talk about what we should be watching because this is what you're really good about. You, you keep your finger on the pulse of what these uh, jihadists are doing. This new book that you got, this new bestseller, The History of Jihad, helps people understand it a little bit better. Uh, quickly, what are the groups that are out there that we should keep our eyes on that will take the place of these you know, ISIS and Al-Qaeda? Which, what, what are new groups that are out there that are kind of under the radar at this point? Uh,
1: the primary ones that are really lethal are the Fulani so called herdsmen in Nigeria? They are uh, not herdsmen. I mean, they are strictly speaking herdsmen, but the Western media is seriously misleading when it says that uh, Fulani herdsmen attacked farmers because what's really happening there is an Islamic jihad of these nomadic Muslim herdsmen who are attacking the farmers, not because they're farmers, but because they're Christians. And that is made clear by their multiple attacks on churches and other Christian installations. They have uh, killed many, many people in Nigeria, are doubtless going to kill very many more. An older group in Nigeria also doing the same thing is Boko Haram. Uh, Way over on the other side of the world in the Philippines, there's Abu Sayyaf, which has allied with ISIS and, uh, as also as Boko Haram has in Nigeria. And so ISIS is not down and out and is using a lot of these other groups to try to leverage positions that can get it to have new territory and establish a new caliphate, uh, someplace, perhaps quite a bit removed from Iraq and Syria.
0: What do you think about, uh, you know, we're still over in Afghanistan. The president brought us out of, uh, Syria, except, the, uh, you know, they're going to protect that oil there because the Kurds need it. Uh, you know, are we really gaining anything by staying in Afghanistan? I mean, w- we've got bases close enough that if the, uh, the Taliban wanted to, you know, wanted to play whack-a-mole again, we could play whack-a-mole with this. if you know what I'm saying.
1: No doubt about it, Dave. The thing is, in Afghanistan, when we leave, the Taliban will make gains. Well, the fact is, they already control 91% of the country. So we haven't really accomplished anything in 16 years as it is. Mm -hmm. And it's really not our business what kind of government people in Afghanistan want. If they want the Taliban, they can have the Taliban. We should be concentrating on making sure that the Taliban can't export its jihad outside of Afghanistan. And if they start to reopen training camps that they had before 9-11 to train jihadis then that's some uh, that's a point where we come in and bomb and destroy those training camps but we don't need troops on the ground to do that and that comes the very fact that we have troops on the ground there comes mm-hmm. from this old discredited idea of nation building that we're going to put a, uh, we're going to establish a Western-style secular republic in Afghanistan. It's never going to happen. The vast majority of people there believe that Islamic law, Sharia, is the law of God, and thus is superior to anything that they think of as man-made law. They're never going to exchange the one for the other, and so it's self-defeating to stay there. It's ultimately very harmful to our interests. We need a massive new strategy in Afghanistan and all around the world that will not waste so much of our resources on these fruitless efforts.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about that. I mean, you're the expert here. What what should the president, if you could bend his ear for a while, what would you tell him he should be directing our forces at? Containment. Uh,
1: you remember in the old Soviet Union, in the Cold War, that our strategy was one of containment. Uh, it wasn't always strictly followed through, but the idea in itself was sound, that we would prevent the Soviets from establishing new communist states and communist beachheads around the world. And so that was one of the reasons why we got into the war in Vietnam, was to try to make sure that the uh, uh, Soviet Union would not be spreading communism around the world. Now, it's the same thing now. If Uh, a state like Afghanistan wants to establish a Sharia state with the Taliban ruling, let them. That's up to them. But if they start to try to spread jihad around the world to train terrorists, to attack American interests, to kill Americans, then we go in and prevent that. And uh, that's the kind of thing that we need to do on a grand scale around the world. It would not involve troops on the ground in pretty much anywhere. But uh, except for um, already existing American bases, which we can use to carry out strikes such as were carried out against al-Baghdadi the other day.
0: Okay, so we, and I agree with you, by the way. I think that you're, you're right on, 100% right on. It, is the theater of fighting going to change? I mean, it seems like to me we're moving more and more out of the Middle East uh, against the terrorists because I, uh, look, Iraq is the epicenter of terrorism with Hezbollah and and Hamas i mean they're, they're they're giving them all their money but it seems like uh, eastern africa is the real hotbed of islamic terrorists is that true or am i off base here
1: well that's one of them i mean you're absolutely right that eastern africa is a place where there is a great deal of jihad activity Ash shabaab is another jihad group in Somalia, and they're extraordinarily ruthless, vicious, violent, evil, uh, anything you can name. And they have been active in Kenya, they've been active in Ethiopia, uh, certainly in Somalia itself, and they are a significant threat that is growing. Then you have the ones I already mentioned, the Fulani and Haram in West Africa, in Nigeria, and then you have other uh, areas as well. Libya, of course, is a complete mess since Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama took out Gaddafi, and there are warring jihadi factions there. ISIS also has a foothold there, and then you have also other areas around the world. I mean, of course, the entire Islamic Republic of Iran is a jihad threat. You have a growing jihad threat in Europe because of mass Muslim migration. You have the Philippines that I already mentioned. You have Thailand, where there is a long-standing war between the uh, the Thai state and separatist Muslim jihadis in the southern part of the country who want to establish an Islamic state there or unite with Malaysia. And so we have to understand this is not a matter of just a Middle Eastern problem. This is a global threat that is ultimately ideologically based. And we've been ignoring the ideology up to now, pretending it's not what it really is, claiming that Islam is a religion of peace and so on. Ultimately, we're not going to be able to continue to ignore and deny reality in this fashion.
0: Yeah, I had uh, a a person who's a specialist in what's going on over in Europe, and he said, "Look, the uh, the Islamists understand that they really don't have to to declare war in Europe. Just in birth rate alone, they're going to take Europe over in the next twenty years."
1: That's right. And this is something that's been a long standing aspiration. Houari Boumediene uh, was the leader of Algeria in the early 70s, and he actually spoke at the United Nations during that time. I believe it was in 1974, and he actually said, we will conquer Europe through the wounds of our women. And this demographic jihad is something that not only he has spoken about, and now it's happening. You Mm -hmm. look at the uh, various European states, many of them, Mohammed is the most common name for babies, or various spellings of Muhammad are all in the top 10 or top 20 names for babies, and you put them together, and they're the most common name for babies. It's the most common name for babies. Um, This is a a harbinger of what's to come, that the non-Muslim populations are getting old. They're dying off. They're not reproducing. The Muslim populations, they have polygamy and so on, many, many children, and this is the future of Europe. And that means we're going to have to deal with a jihad threat from Europe, coming from Muslim communities. Uh, I mean, uh, here again, you know, it has to be said all the time. Not every Muslim is a jihad terrorist, but unfortunately, wherever Muslims are, there have been jihad terrorists as well.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Robert Spencer is our great, uh, our guest, He's the author of the new bestseller, The History of Jihad. Is that available uh, on Amazon and wherever books are sold there, Robert?
1: Yes, it is. It should be at any self-respecting bookstore, and it isn't anywhere.
0: Okay, so let, let's let's get to the chase, and for my listeners, real quick, the two things that my listeners absolutely must understand about jihad.
1: Well, it's a cardinal uh, law. I mean, it is a fundamental principle, I should say, of Islam, and thus it is something that is taught. Uh, in mosques around the world. This doesn't mean that every Muslim is going to act upon that, and it certainly doesn't mean that every mosque is teaching terrorism. All they have to do is teach the Quran, and they're teaching that it's good and meritorious before Allah to teach warfare against unbelievers. So there's going to be the preaching of jihad wherever there's the preaching of Islam, and that means that you're going to have a good recruiting ground for terrorists.
0: All right. So my final question for you is I. I'm sure you've been driving down the road and you've seen the the bumper stickers that have uh, all of the religions of the world kind mm-hmm. of on their bumpers and says uh, coexist. Well, here's my question yeah. for you, Robert. Can Western civilization and uh, Islam live in peaceful coexistence?
1: No, it's never happened. The history of jihad shows it never ha- has happened for 1,400 years of Islam and unless there's a massive change in Islamic doctrine, it never will happen. Islam is, suppressed, is a supremacist, expansionist, violent, and aggressive. And wherever Muslims and non-Muslims have lived together, the Muslims have been violent toward the non-Muslims. This is simply a matter of historical fact, and it's based on Islamic doctrine as well. So for us to think that it's all going to be different this time, well, maybe it will, but that's based on nothing in history or Islamic teaching.
0: Yeah. You know, you've got to go by what you've seen in the past to make your decisions on what to expect in the future. I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that as well. That's why I read all your books. I didn't know you had Thank a new you. book out. I didn't know this new one, The History of Jihad. Where does it start uh, at? And it starts, with,
1: starts with Muhammad and goes all the way up to ISIS. Actually, that's the uh, subtitle, From Muhammad to ISIS. And so it's 1,400 years of jihad. As a matter of fact, the history of jihad is the only History of jihad in the English language that gives the whole story of everywhere jihad has been, everything that it, that jihadis have done.
0: When you get, when you think you're going to be uh, uh, invited to the UN to speak,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not waiting by the phone. My okay,
0: <laughs> I appreciate you, Robert. I'll let you get back to the things that you're doing. I appreciate you giving us the time. You've given us a whole lot to chew on and to think about. And I really, really appreciate you, Robert Spencer. Again, author of the new bestseller, The History of Jihad. I will pick up a copy of that later this afternoon. Thanks, Robert. Thank you very much. Talk to you later, Robert Spencer.